This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Amen. Hallelujah. It's good to be a part of what God's doing, isn't it? And listen, God wants to do something big in your life. He wants to do something big through your life. Amen. Listen, we're going to be talking about hitting the reset button this morning. We need to get our thinking lined up with God's thinking. Not lined up. See, some people think according to their abilities. Some people think according to the words that have been spoken over them as they were a child growing up. Some people are thinking according to what the world says about Christians and about the church. But you know what? If we think that way, then that's as far as we're going to get. We need to elevate our thinking so that we're thinking about ourselves, about our purpose, about our ability according to what God says and not what I think or what somebody else's opinion is. Are you listening? Listening to, to this, uh, from Roman, this, this translation of Romans 12 too. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person, listen to this carefully, by changing the way you think. Oh, well, I just thought, you know, uh, I was going to be in a service or in my prayer closet and, and God was just going to, the glory was just going to come down on me and blah, dun, 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 I was going to be Superman or Superwoman. No, he says, how does God transform us? How does God elevate us into the purpose, into His call, into the power that He has reserved for you and I? He said it's going to be what? By changing the way you think. Boy, there's a whole lot of ideas and thoughts about God in the church, isn't there? You know, some people think, well, you know, since God's, you know, God's all-knowing and God's all-powerful, then God will just, you know, whatever God wants to do, He'll do it. And, and you know, and it really doesn't matter what we do or what we think or what we say or how we pray. He's just going to do it. Then why did God over and over say in the person of Jesus Christ, may it be done unto you according to your faith? Why didn't He just go ahead and do it? Over and over, the Bible enjoins us to pray. And he tells us that the, the, the prayer of a righteous man or woman releases dynamic power. Yes. See, if, if your thinking's all wrong, you won't pray much. You'll pray them little old weak prayers, and now I lay me down to sleep. We got to hit the reset button. <laughs> By changing the way you think, then, everybody say then. You will learn to know God's will for you. We need to think about ourselves and about uh, our lives according to what God says. I don't ever make a decision without uh, endeavoring to discern what the will of God. I'm talking about big decisions. I'm not talking about, you know, what I'm going to eat or what I'm going to dress. But I'm talking about the big decisions in life. I never make a decision without endeavoring to the best of my ability to discern what is God's will. What does He say about it? I'm going to go to the book. What does He say about it? 
Well, I just think, well, maybe you were different from me, but I want to tell you what. Before I came to the Lord, I had some of my thinking. I ate the fruit of my thinking, and I'm telling you, it stunk. It was full of fear, full of lack, full of anger, full of all those kind of things. But I want to tell you, I've got rid of a whole lot of stinking thinking, and I'm, I'm working hard on the rest. Because I want to be changed. I want to know what God's will is, don't you? Which is good and pleasing and perfect. What is the will of God? Well, I just think, you know, sometimes God knocks us in the head and breaks our leg. What's good and pleasing and perfect about a broke leg? Come on. See, we've got to get our thinking changed. Well, yeah, but now grandma told me, well, God bless grandma. But listen, God's smarter than grandma. Nothing against your grandma. I'm sure she was a godly woman. But here's the thing. I want to get my thinking lined up with the book. Amen. See, this verse from 12 too should act as a baseline for all believers who want to discover God's will and purpose for their life. You know, and a, a baseline is this. A baseline is a specific value or values that can serve as a comparison or a control. You know, if you go to the doctor and get a checkup, that you know, that, that they, they measure your height and your weight, and then they got a baseline based on your body mass. <laughs> if they take your blood pressure, they have got a baseline on what is within the acceptable parameters, what is an acceptable and healthy blood pressure, don't they? There is a baseline for your physical well-being. There's a baseline for those things. Well, I'm here to tell you that God has established in this book a baseline concerning His plan and His purpose and His will for our life, and it has to do with our thinking. See, the, you go to the doctor and he says, you know, you're 20 pounds overweight. Well, I don't care what the doctor says. I just think it don't matter. Well, go ahead. Put on another 20. You think it don't matter? Sure it matters, doesn't it? Isaiah 55. Look over there. We could quote it, but let's read it. We're talking about hitting the reset button. Sometimes we have to hit the reset button, don't we? You know, to, to, to get, you know, you hit that reset button to get it back to what? To its, its uh, original uh, set of operation standards, operational standards. We do that with uh, technology, with our computers and things at times, don't we? With certain programs. Listen, God wants you, if you need to this morning, listen, and don't be stubborn. Say, well, i tell you what, I just don't think I need to change my thinking. That's probably a good indication you do. Listen to this. Verse 8. My thoughts are not your thoughts. That's the first place we got to start. As soon as you say, I think, that needs to be a red flag. Wait a minute. Because what I think, God says, your thoughts, what you think is not what I think. Neither are your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts, your thoughts. So the first thing we need to know, if we're going to, if God, we're going to allow God to change our lives by, by the way we think, we've got to line our thinking up with God's thinking. But if His thoughts are so much higher than ours, how in the world am I ever going to get His thoughts? Well, He tells us in the next verse, doesn't He? 
as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the, for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes forth out of my mouth. How are we going to get his thoughts? The word that has come forth out of his mouth. And I'm so glad God wrote it down so we wouldn't be confused. Because you know what? John 1.1 in my Bible says the same thing as John 1.1 in your Bible. I'm glad we don't have, you know, 130 different Bibles. We got one. It says the same thing. So there's no confusion. And he said that his word will not return to him empty. But sometimes we have empty thinking. And so when, if we got empty thinking, we got empty words. If we got empty words, we don't get anything. Amen? Now, we've all eat, you know, that you've, we've heard the term empty calories. You know, where you eat things, you get fatter, fatter but you don't get any stronger or healthier. And we got a lot of empty calories in the body of Christ. A lot of empty thinking and empty words that are coming forth. But really don't add up to, exchange, to changing us. Unseen realities are the first thing about our thinking that has to be changed. Unre, unseen realities that are revealed by God's word. We, we, we sung about it this morning. And in 2 Corinthians 4.18, Paul says this. He says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Now, I've found in my experience that many, if not at least half or more of Christians, they don't do that. They are moved by what they see. And the reason they are is because that's what they think on all the time. They're thinking on their problems. They're thinking on their fears. They're thinking on their lack. They're thinking on their pains. They're thinking on what somebody did to them, what somebody said to them, what somebody didn't say to them. Their eyes are fixed on the natural and the circumstances of their life, and they're thinking on it, dwelling on it, dwelling on it, dwelling on it, dwelling on it. You say, how do you do? Excuse me. How do you know? Because you get around them, and it won't be long. They'll tell you what they're thinking. Now, they may not just come out and say, this is what I think. But as soon as you hear them talk, you know, and you get around some people, and you know what? They're talking the same stuff that they were talking to me five years ago. Same old woe as me. Same old, oh, how hard it is, how tough it is, how hard I've had it, how tough life is. You need to hit the reset button. We, each one of us, have to choose, and we are choosing, an authority for living. Now, this series is called Faith for Living. Faith for Living. We, each one, choose our authority for living. Are you listening? When it comes to our finances, we've got an authority. When it comes to our health, we have an authority. Amen? When it, when it comes to interpreting the events around us that's happening, we have an authority. Amen? Everybody's looking for, you know, the expert to tell them exactly what does this mean? What does it mean that it's happened to me? How should I use my money? How should I live my life? How should I raise my kids? Everybody has an authority about how you should live your life. 
And you have given that place by your thinking. Some people can quote, you know, CNN or Fox News more than they can quote what the Bible says. I'm gone to meddling, hadn't I? Now, Pastor, don't get over into politics. Well, who told you that? The people who want to control the message. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, uh, you, know, you know, the reason I can be positive about our nation and our government, despite all the circumstances, because I'm praying. And God says, if we will pray for our nation, He will bring healing. Listen, don't complain more than you pray. Well, I'm going to get off on that. But it still has to do with what we're talking about here. Pushing the reset, changing our thinking. It's a matter of life and death. Let me read you, uh, I, I wrote it down here from another translation so I wouldn't have to pull it up on my phone. But listen to this. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19 from the Living Bible. He says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you that today I have set before you life or death, blessing or cursing. Oh, that you would choose life. What does God want you to choose? What does God want you to have? Well, you see, you can't think death and have life. What did James Oh, good old brother James say over there in his book, he said, he said, brethren, he said that uh, does a fountain give forth from the same source both bitter water and sweet? Can it? Yet he says that's what many believers are doing. With their mouth, they're saying, you know, oh, I love you, Jesus, and everything. And with that same mouth, they're saying, I hate so-and-so. Or I'm broke. Or God, it doesn't work for me. Or God doesn't love me as much as he loved this other person. God says choose life. He can't choose life for you. He gave you the power to choose. Choose what you're going to think. Amen? I, I, th- I tell you what, I've always found this out to be true. God's always the smartest person in the room. I don't care if you've got 10 PhDs, God's still smarter than you. Amen? It's a matter of life and death. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that the God of this world blinds the minds of unbelievers. If you're in unbelief, I know right away, you know what? God's blinding your, I mean, the devil's blinding your eyes in that area. You may be a believer. You may be filled with the Spirit. I mean, you, all those things go, but you are thinking wrong. You're blind in that area. If you think God wants you sick, He's blinded you in that area. If you think God wants you broke, you're blinded in that area. If you think that the answer to your marital problems is to just get a divorce, you're blinded in that area. And you need to hit the reset button by getting into this book called the Bible and God's Word and finding out what God says about it. God will not come into agreement with your wrong thinking and your wrong believing. See, we think, we try to talk God into coming over on our side when God's saying, hey, come over on my side. Amen. (laughs) Absolutely. So we have to change our operating system. We got to reprogram this thing up here. 
This is where the problem is. He said he's going to make you a new person by changing the way you think. There will be no change in your Christian walk until you think something differently. You can't keep doing the same thing, saying the same thing, thinking the same way, and get a different result. You know, if you were on a, on a road trip, you're going from here out to Los Angeles on a road trip. And I mean, you've, got your, you've mapped out the way you're going and the road you're going to go on and everything, and you're just absolutely sure you've got every I, uh, you know, dotted every T crossed about the direction you're going. And I mean, you know, and you head up and you go through Nashville and you go through Chicago and you get up to Detroit and then you're into Canada and somebody is trying to tell you, you know, in the other seat over there, hey, this is not the right way. Well, I know it is. Because I worked it all out. I've got it figured out. I did this and I did that. Besides that, this is the way Grandma got to Los Angeles. <laughs> we don't need to be so stubborn. It could be. It could. It just could be now. I'm not saying it is. But it could be that you might need to change some thinking along the way here and there. I've had to change a lot of thinking. Amen. You know, used to, when the early days of the computer, I guess it still goes, they used to have this term, garbage in, garbage out. Man, I'm telling you, uh, I just got a new computer, and sometimes, you know, you get a new computer, and you got to get used to it, and, you know, and then they, you know, sometimes they, you know, if you're on Windows, you get a different operating system and everything, and you're there, and you're, you know, it's like, it's like one time when I was in New York City, I could see where I wanted to go, but I couldn't get there. You know, every street I turned around, and they didn't get me there. And sometimes you can get a, a new computer and a new operating system or a new, new, a new app or a new program you're trying to run, and it just won't work, and it just won't work. And you just say, this doggone thing just don't work. It don't do what they said it would do. But then an idea hits you. Hey, I'm going to call up my son. <laughs> He's 27, and he has a degree in computer science. And he said, Dad, here's what you need to do. Here's a step you're missing. And he walks me through it, and he changes my thinking, and I do that, and lo and behold, it wasn't broke after all. But I sure thought it was. But just because I thought it was broke didn't mean it make it broke, did it? And just because I may say, well, I'm going to tell you what, I just don't see this prayer stuff and faith stuff and, and walking with God and serving God, and I just don't see where it's uh, making any difference in my life. I just, I'm not blessed. I'm not, well, maybe you need to get some advice. Or maybe you need to get advice from somebody that it's working for them. Don't be stubborn. In Proverbs 23, 7, I'll read it from the King James. It says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, the word there in the King James is translated thinketh. You know what it means? The word think there means to act. This is the literal Hebrew meaning of it. To act as a gatekeeper. Did you know you're thinking is the gatekeeper of your life. 
Man, even a lot of people that are not even saved in the world have discovered that. Amen? That if you start thinking, I can't, I won't, I'll never make it, I mean, you, that's exactly what you end up with. I'm no good. I have no value. I've been hurt. Nobody likes me. Come on. All that thinking. He says it's a gatekeeper to your heart. And Jesus said it's out of the heart that the issues of life come. That's where hope resides. That's where faith resides. That's where love resides. That's where peace resides. It's in your heart. But if the gatekeeper is just letting any old kind of junk through, and then you're praying... You know, I've used this example before. It'd be like one of you calling me up and said, Pastor Norris, can you help me? I, I, I got the most, the craziest, most unusual situation in my home. Uh, somehow a big old fat, muddy, sow pig has gotten into my house. <laughs> and, I, and I've tried and tried and I can't get out. Can you come over and help me? Yeah, I'll come over and help you. So right, we come over there, man, and we finally corral that thing and get it out the door. Wow. You know. And, of course, you know what my first question is going to be after we get it out the door, don't you? There you go. Because that would be a bit unusual, wouldn't it? How in the world? Did, and you tell me, I don't have any idea, Pastor. I came home, and there it was. Right. You must think I'm dumb as a brick. But, how many, you know, would you buy that explanation? I mean, the alarm was set, the doors were locked, but there was that pig. Come on. But yet in the body of Christ, when, you know, when we see things, and I understand the devil attacks us. I understand that. But a lot of times we just let, you know, we let the, we let the attack or the wounds from the attack, we just let them stay there because what? Of our wrong thinking. And a lot of times we open the door to the pig because of our wrong thinking. And so I just smile and say, well, okay, you know, I don't really buy it, but that, okay, that's your explanation. Next week you call me up, guess what? That's when you'd really get to thinking, wouldn't you? Come on. Some believers, they never make any progress because what? They're always letting the pig in, and they got to get somebody to get the pig out. Then they let the pig in, then they got to get the pig out. Then they let the pig in. The pig is your stinking thinking. No wonder you can't make any progress. You need to hit the reset button up here. You need to get your mind renewed with the Word of God. Amen? The clock up here still says 920. I'm not kidding. It does. What happened to it? God just stopped time. It's Joshua miracle all over, Brother Bruce. I kept looking at this thing. I thought, man, I got plenty of time, but it, it ain't moving. Y'all better change that battery because this is one I'm going by. I got to hurry along here. See, Jesus said this in Luke 6, 45. He said, we bring forth in our lives what we think upon the most. Luke 6, 45. Jesus said, an evil man. Now, that didn't mean somebody that's going around and, you know, and, and 
and like this horrible thing we heard about in New Zealand. You hear about that? I won't tell you what. I don't care what he calls himself. He ain't no Christian. Are you, you hearing me? Yeah, but those people, they don't believe in the true God. It doesn't matter. They're made in God's image. That ain't the love of God. I don't get on that. Boy, it burns me up. But he said, an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But a good man, good person, good woman, out of the, the good things in their heart brings forth good things. Whatever you think about the most, that's what's going to be happening in your life. Now, I'm going to make a statement here. It's either time for amen or oh me. What you are enjoying in your life right now is a result of what you've been thinking. Because as a man thinketh, he believeth. And as you believe, you receive. See, some of you have got a nickel God. Some of you have got a dollar God. And some of you are way out there, you've got a $50 God. You know what I mean by that? I mean, that's the level that you think that God can do something for you or will do something for you. Well, you know, uh, see, some people, they've got a God that will just help them to endure everything. They're not looking for God to help them get out of it, to heal their bodies or to, you know, to bless them financially or to heal their marriage. Just, just help me to just endure, Lord. Well, guess what you're going to have? Why? Because that's what you think. Well, I just don't think, I just don't think God's interested in about my money, okay? Then why did he say so much about it? Amen. You will not believe beyond the, bo- the boundaries of your thinking. I'm going to say that again. You will not believe beyond the boundaries of your thinking. If you think wrong, you'll believe wrong. If you think right, you believe right. If you believe right, you receive right. It's not God holding back from you. It's your stubbornness at times that you will just not admit that maybe you're not thinking in line with what God's will and word says. Amen? Why not just go in there and prove me wrong? If you think you're right and I'm wrong, go in the book. Man, I've had a lot of practice at repenting. I don't mind repenting. (laughs) I can repent with the best of them. But get in the book. Prove me wrong. Prove me that God wants you broke, busted, and disgusted. And I'll just agree with you. (laughs) Amen. I'll start praying that over if you want me to. I was praying for you all this week. I didn't pray one time. God, make them broke, busted, and disgusted. (laughs) I got one person in here with me. All right, I got to hurry along. You will not believe beyond the boundaries. So here's the thing, church. We got to get in the book. We got to find out what God says. You can't find it anywhere else. You got to find it in the book called the Bible. Get into the Word of God. Let it begin to change your thinking. Where he said over there in Ephesians that God is able to do exceedingly, 
abundantly above all that you can ask or 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 If you're thinking zero and God blesses zero by a million times, what are you going to have? Hello? (laughs) All right, let me give you some action points because we're going to have celebrate the Lord's table here. My time, I keep looking at this 920 thing and I keep rejoicing. (laughs) Y'all better change the battery on this thing. We'll be getting out at 1 o'clock one of these days. (laughs) Might need to change our thinking before we get there. Well, I want to some action points. What is your baseline for living? Remember what we said. Let me remind you. A baseline is a specific value or values that serve as a comparison or a control. In other words, what's the norm? What, what is the baseline norm for your living? Remember, we're talking about faith for living. What is your baseline? Oh, God, just help me get by. So you've got a get-by baseline. Come on. I, I, don't, I don't believe I see that. I don't see it. I don't re- remember. Now, Brother Bruce, anybody, y- y- do you all remember a verse where he, he talked about a get by? Now, my God shall supply all you need to get by. No. So what's your baseline for living? Well, I'll tell you what. When them folks come and repent for the wrong they did me, then I'll forgive them. What's your baseline for living? Well, I'll tell you what, Pastor. You sure need to get your wife into the office and tell her she needs to start treating me right and being the right wife and yakety, yakety, yak. Well, what are you doing? What's your baseline? My Bible teaches me that the wife, many times, is a reflection of her husband. I'm going to meddle in there, hadn't I? Come in griping and complain to me about your wife's this, that, and the other. Well, okay. I just keep meddling today. I don't know what's up. Meddling spirit or something. Who is the ultimate authority for your life? It's okay to, you know, seek uh, wise counsel about your finances and all of those things. But what, who, what's your ultimate authority? You know, in our, in our government, we have a court system, you know. We've got, you know, we've got, uh, you know, uh, courts or city courts. We've got, you can go to a, a county court, a district court. You can go to the state supreme court. But, you know, you go all the way up. The ultimate is the supreme court, isn't it? When the supreme court... I mean, another lower court could say, okay, this is how we see it. This is the way we interpret this law. This is what you're going to have to abide by. But when it's appealed to the Supreme Court, they can overturn it. And I want to tell you what. Thank God for doctors and all people that are, you know, that, that are, have expertise and have trained themselves. Uh, uh, we're not putting them down. But I'm going to tell you what, there's a higher court. I don't care what the financial gurus tell me. I don't care what the doctors said. I don't care what everybody else said. I'm going to always appeal it to the Supreme Court in my life. And the Supreme Court has a power to overrule what they said. 
So what is the authority? And finally, do you need to hit the reset button this morning with your thinking? If you're thinking defeat, if you're thinking fear and worry or or, or compromised, you're thinking you have no peace, your expectation from God's about this big. You don't see yourself as, as an overcomer. Like God said, you need to hit the reset button. If you have bitterness and unforgiveness in your life and relationships, you need to hit the reset button and allow the love of God in your heart to control and to dominate you and to release them by forgiving them. You, you know, the reset button. The reset button. This morning, we're going to partake of the Lord's table. And boy, is this a good time to hit the reset button. If you didn't get the elements when you come in, if you'll raise your hand, the ushers will bring you some elements. Anybody? Just raise your hand up where we can see it. Everybody gets some. Listen, these elements that we're about to partake of, they represent the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ that made our new covenant. What is our new covenant? See, this is where you've got to get your thinking straightened out. And this morning, maybe you need to forgive someone. Maybe you need to release a hurt or a wound. As we partake of these elements, that's the time to do it. Maybe you need healing in your body. I know we prayed with people about healing this morning, but if you need healing in your body, you need to let these elements in the Lord's table change your thinking. God wants you well. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. How did His benefits come to us? By the old rugged cross, didn't they? Jesus went to that cross. He suffered. He died. Stripes were laid upon him. Wounds to his hands, his feet, his side, the crown of thorns on his head. The Bible says, by his stripes we were healed. Forget not all his benefits. Who, what? Who forgiveth all your iniquities. Thank God there's forgiveness. Thank God there's forgiveness. I don't care how bad you've blown it. I don't care. Don't let that stinking thinking tell you, you know, uh, God couldn't forgive that. Yes, He can. Oh, God could never get my life back right. Oh, yes, He can. God could never get me back on the right track. Oh, yes, He can. The blood has not lost His power. Well, the doctor said, I only have so long to live. Thank God, the, the, not only the blood, but the broken body of Jesus said, by His stripes, He not only forgives all our iniquities, He heals all your diseases. All your diseases. If your disease got a name, He healed it. And if you don't even know the name of it, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> He's covered it, isn't it? Well, let's take the bread there. Let's see if I can get mine to open up here. It wants to, the whole thing wants to open, you know. There we go. Take that bread, that little wafer that represents the broken body of Jesus. Amen. Jesus said that this bread, he said it represents my body that was broken for you. Say it was broken for me. Say that again. It was broken for me. Personal. 
What we're doing, this is, this, this is not an institutional thing. This is a relationship thing. We, if you're a believer, we have a relationship with Jesus that was, was brought by the broken body. God has called you by name. You were on His mind when He hung between heaven and earth. That one day you would need healing in your body. Healing in your emotions. Healing in your mind. He said, today is that day for you. Father, thank you for the broken body of Jesus. It provides healing for us. It's provided healing for us, oh God. And as we partake of this, Father... We thank you for healing, healing in our bodies, healing in our emotions, in our minds, healing in our relationships, in our marriages. By your broken body, we are healed. Let's eat together. Mm. Receive healing. Receive healing. It's a free gift. By grace are you healed through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Healing, like forgiveness, is a gift. It's 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 free. It's for you. Receive it now. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says that same meal, Jesus took the cup, and He said, this represents my blood, the blood of the new covenant. Hallelujah. We have a new covenant. A new covenant. Say, we have a new covenant. And I'm included. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the blood. He said, this is my blood in the new covenant. The blood that washes away all of our sin. God said, as far as the east is from the west, He said, I'm going to remove all your sins and all your iniquities. And not only that, He said, I'll remember them no more. So when that thought comes to you that tries to remind you about your previous life or maybe how you blew it or did this wrong or did that wrong, can't be, couldn't be God because what? He's forgot them. So guess who that is? It's the enemy. But see, He wants to train your thinking. I'm no good. I'm just a worm. I'm weak. I can't do it. I can't. Well, you know what? All that may be true, but you know what? You need to elevate your thinking to where God says that by the power of His blood, there's redemption. There's forgiveness. He has translated you out of that old kingdom into the kingdom of His beloved Son. We have the forgiveness of sins by His blood. Father, this morning, thank you for the blood. We're cleansed by the blood. We're redeemed by the blood. Oh, thank you. The blood, hell, never loses its power. As we drink this cup, by faith, we receive all the benefits of the blood of the new covenant in Christ Jesus. Let's drink together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, here's what I would say.
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.